0: Awesome. Can we thank the band? Great job. Amazing. Tilly, voice of an angel. Well, how are you guys doing? Good to have you here. If we haven't met yet, my name is Dan. Uh, my wife, Hannah, and I get to lead this incredible church along with the best team ever. She's at home with our uh, grommet children who are just feral this time of day, and so she sends her apologies. Uh, fun night for you tonight. Uh, we're going to tame some lines. No, just kidding. Uh, can I invite Jared? Come on up here, please, buddy. Grab a seat. Hey, man. Hey. So we are doing, um, the last few weeks, we've kind of been doing something I like doing at the end of every year called Let's Recap, and we look back at the year at some of the messages and uh, themes that we felt God was putting on us as a church to truly shape us and uh, And we believe He does that through His Word, amen? So God's going to shape us through His Word. And so there's certain, we never do standalone messages. We normally do a, a preaching series for four to 12 weeks. And as a church, we journey through that preaching series. And so I like recapping on some of the key ones that we feel God is still pushing and, and shaping us on. And so, um, yeah, this week I wanted to recap and look back at May. And in May we, we did, a for the third or fourth time a month, we do Saving the Unsavable. And it's something that I always want us to come back to because there's people in our lives now, in our church now, that are just in love with Jesus and have an amazing relationship with him and they're doing so well yet if you hear their story of where they were at some point you'd be like no way no way no you you were like that oh my goodness you were whatever you know in in that kind of situation an addict or things weren't going right or cheering for New South Wales like there were some people just messed up out there like really just not all there and God reached them and saved them and loved them that was for you Tony just kidding I love you buddy but, uh, and so we, um, we love hearing testimonies of, of people that God just saves by his grace and in his power and his love. And, and I love it because it, it remind what I want to be reminded of, because I'm, I'm a kind of guy, I like problem solving is anyone else with me, like I like puzzles, I like figuring things out. And so I constantly have to be reminded that there's no set formula to salvation. There is absolutely nothing. There are some people where they're just so anti-church and like a, the Apostle Saul to Paul conversion, like in a moment, just get it and God smashes them and grace and then they're saved. And other people for like a decade, you know what I mean? It's just this, so many conversations and so many invites and they actually come to church and it's like 10 years or more, 20 sometimes. And, uh, but they get there and God saves them by his grace. And we need to be reminded, there's no formula to this thing, but uh, if we can just keep believing There's no formula, but we need to keep believing that God can save, that he wants to save, that he's in the business of saving, that we are unable to save. And uh, we just lean in those things, we're going to keep seeing incredible salvation moments and encounters and uh, some really cool testimonies coming out. And so I wanted to get Jared up here because uh, God's been doing a wonderful work in your heart, man, over the last 12 months or even longer, 18 months. And uh, I really want our church to hear it and know you more and be filled with confidence that if you can be a Christian, anyone can. No, just kidding. (laughs) So anyway, tell us about yourself, man. What do you do right now for work, study, likes, interests, hobbies? Um, Hello, yeah.
1: Um, So, yeah, my name's Jared. Hey, buddy. Um, I'm 22. I'm currently a uni student at the moment, so I go to SCU. Um, I live a pretty, like, stock standard uni student life at the moment, I guess, Um, between uni, surfing, working. Um, go to cafes, all of that kind of thing. Nice. I live in Chugan at the moment, which is a nice little spot. Ew. Yeah, besides the airplanes, unfortunately. That's
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It, it's it's so holy that if it didn't have the airplanes, it would be heaven on earth. Yeah, exactly. And so there has to be something. Exactly, there has to be like there. one downfall. That's right. So. I mean, Canaan had giants, you know what I mean? Canaan yeah. yeah. had its downfalls too, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. And so, uh, yeah, surf, I love it, things like that. And uh, you... Uh, single? Yes. Hey-oh. And so, all right, now that we've got the key things out of the way, um, tell us, man. So, tell us about upbringing. Uh, were you a Gold Coast? Uh, where were you born and raised? What did, what did it look like, you know, from to 10? What did pre-10 years old, Jerry. Pre-10 years old, Yeah. Joe,
1: um, I think I was, like, this height at 10, so that's something <laughs> that didn't change. I kind of, like, Me too. stayed pretty tall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up down in Coffs Harbour, so it's, like, three and a half hours south. Um, so I was born down there, uh, born and bred in Coffs up until 10 mm-hmm. um, and further. And I grew up in a Christian family, so both my parents Christians. Christians. Um, I grew up with three older sisters,
0: so I was the youngest boy, the only boy. Did you get put in dresses a lot? You'll be honest. Come on there.
1: Uh, no, actually, not dresses. They didn't put me in dresses, but like weird and wacky dress-ups. They right, definitely did. Makeup. did. No, not makeup. Okay, you got off easy. I know I did get off right. I think. I think Dad kind of like had my back, which was cool. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so grew up in like a Christian family. Um, Grew up going to church down there also. Um, Went to a Christian school too, so like the whole whole shebang. Um, And yeah, yeah, grew up pretty much. I think when I was younger, I was really into footy, Mm -hmm. so that was like my main thing, NRL.
0: Um, So I was a little footy kid. And yeah, I guess that was like me up to 10 years old pretty much. Yeah, cool. And then next season, you know, hitting high school and kind of friends who, some are in church, I'm going to guess some out of church, kind of, did you uh, stay in church? Did you go to youth or did you, uh, what happened in that season with your faith and walk with God?
1: Um, So I, so like after 10 years old, um, I kept going to church up until I was about 15, I think it was um so like I as I said I grew up in a Christian family in a church and everything um but I never had a personal belief of my own Mm -hmm. um so I I don't know why it just never clicked for me I was never super interested in it um and always had questions I guess in a way and doubts um but I remained at church until I was about 15 and then I stopped going So that was kind of like the age that I think um my parents gave me a choice in a way um and my choice was to stop going Um, And then, kind of like, in that period, transitioned from like hanging out with all my Christian friends to like, to just other friends outside of church quite a bit also. And and went to a Christian school up until year 10. Mm -hmm. So... I got expelled from that Christian school in year 10. or asked to leave, however. That's another story, though. (laughs) That's a lot Um, nicer way of putting it, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, asked to leave, asked to leave. I wasn't like a rat bag of a kid, but I did get up to some mischief, I guess. Um, But yeah, that's another story. (laughs) Um, So come like the end of year 10, I was no longer going to church or a Christian school. Um, Or really, like, it was kind of like I'd separated myself from any Christian influence in my Mm -hmm. life, I guess. Um, And that was like not completely consciously, but um, I think that's when I started to get into partying and just different things like that.
0: And that like didn't, it was just a different path
1: mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah.
0: Solid. And then yeah, uh, end of high school kind of, I'm gonna guess more and more into that scene. And mm-hmm. then you moved up here straight after high school? Or? Um,
1: no, so I had a gap year. Um, did a bit of traveling during that. Yep. And then moved up here when I was like, I think late 18, early 19 years old. Um, moved up to Cool and mm-hmm. So that was for uni, and also a uh, um, spot became available at a house with like four oh. mates that I grew up with in Coffs. Cool. Um, so that was cool. So I sifted in there. Um, and yeah, so I moved up here at that point, and that was also for university too. Right. Um, and yeah, so that's when I left Coffs, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, moved up here.
0: Come on. And so then we'll pick up, uh, you know, you're working at Barefoot at one point, and Mike, he was there at the time, and uh, having, God started doing some work in your heart, and you had some pretty, there was, you know, in in like that week, I believe it, or maybe a month period, there were some pretty cool things happening, so you rejected church, you rejected God, you rejected Christian friends, and you're in this life for four-ish years probably yeah, about yeah, maybe even so. five. Yeah. Uh, and then talk us through that. So recently, that, that encounter you started having with God at that moment, what, what started the lead up to that and what happened in that time?
1: It was like, it was a pretty big lead up, I think. Um, I, so I moved up here, yeah, when I was like late 18, and then um, lived up here for like probably almost two years before I ended up coming to church. Um, and that was just like a pretty standard live in a house with a bunch of guys who surf and party kind of life, so um, it was a lot of partying, um, drugs, things like that. Um, It was very like a self-indulgent kind of lifestyle, I guess, like there wasn't much that I'd held myself back from, because I didn't have any like moral basis in myself to hold myself back in a way, I guess, um, compared to now, that like now I have Jesus, there's that moral basis that I have. Um, So it was a self-indulgent lifestyle, and I, like, I don't even know how I ended up getting to church. It still baffles me, in a way. I guess it's just God, pretty much. Like, it was all Him. Um, But there was a point of time when I was, like, so about 20 years old where I was still living that life, just self-indulgent. Just kind of, like, surf whenever I want, party, do whatever I want, in a way. And, um, And it all started to feel really empty. So it was, like, I... The best way I can put it is kind of like I was thirsty, like I was parched, and there was all these wells that I was drinking from in a way. It was like, like simple things like surfing and things that aren't like, classified as bad, but I was getting, trying to get my self-fulfillment and joy from that. And then there was partying and drugs and everything like that too. And, um, and just nothing seemed to satisfy me anymore. So everything just kind of like, it was like, yeah, nothing satisfied me anymore. And it all just felt like it was becoming really empty. And, like, I just couldn't get joy or happiness out of it all. And, um, and around that time, so when I was about 20 years old, um, I started to have kind of questions about God come into my mind. I think God put them there. I don't know, because I'd, like, never fully thought about it up until that point. I thought there must be a God of some type, but didn't believe in Jesus. And, um, and so I started to question it, because I thought, well, nothing else is really giving me that fulfillment that I feel that there should be, Um, so maybe God exists, maybe Jesus exists, and I remember thinking, like, especially with my parents, because they um, are Christians, and I have just spent so much time um, in church, and would always describe how, like, they love Jesus, and that was a foreign concept for me, how someone could, like, actually love Jesus, Um, and just, like, they weren't shut off about God or Jesus either, like, they'd always They'd always talk about him, um, talk about miracles, talk about, like, the Holy Spirit, all of these things. And so I remember thinking at, like, 20 years old of, like, either my parents are, like, they're on the money, they actually know what they're talking about, or, like, or they're loco. Um, there's, like, not really a middle ground there. Like, they're either right or they're wrong, and if they're wrong, that's pretty weird because they talk about some weird stuff, what I thought was weird back then. Um, and, yes, I started having these questions in my mind, I think, too, and, um, And there was like a few things that happened. So I remember there was one that really made me think an incident, Um, so when I was like 19, did a surf trip, just overseas, and was in Bali. And long story short, um, was riding a moped late at night, drunk, can't remember a lot of it, but crashed. And um, like scraped up the whole side of my body, cracked my bike helmet, everything. Um, And it should have ended, I think, a lot worse than it did. Um, But I was laid up for a while. And I remember the next day, um, was talking to mum on FaceTime. And it's like the last thing you do as an 18-year-old is like tell your parents what's just happened because they're just going to freak out. And um, and was talking to her and she was really sus at the time and knew that something could happen. And um, so I ended up telling her. And she told me, um, she was like last night around midnight, so it was about the time I was heading back, she said, um, she said God woke me up, told me to get on my knees and pray for you. Um, and that like, I remember just being shocked, like it really confused me. Like that just doesn't make sense if God doesn't exist, um, and yeah.
0: I think we're going to get to eternity, and we're going to hear all these testimonies of praying mums. Yeah. Like I reckon, there's just going to be seriously like billions of people up there, and it's gonna be like yeah, yeah mum wouldn't let go. Mum just kept praying; she was nagging God, and that's why I'm here. I reckon, yeah. <laughs> I reckon a bunch of us because of uh, praying mums. Yeah, lots of prayer. Hey,
1: um, so yeah, things that made me really think um, over those years, and then so I got a job at Barefoot, um, and I remember. Mikey P was working at Barefoot, Mikey P, um, slinging coffees, and I didn't even really know him that much at that point, but um, I remember hearing from someone who worked there that he'd asked them to church, so I knew that he was a Christian and went to church, and I remember one day at work, went up to him, popped my head over the coffee machine, I was like, hey, Mikey, like, you go to church, he was like, yeah, he's like, can I come, he was like, yeah, um, <laughs> there was a lot, That like, wasn't as scripted as that, there was more to the conversation, of course, but um, but I ended up coming along with Mikey. And that was like two years ago now. Um, Yeah. And came along like a handful of times to hear C3. And at that point, I remember like, it was like a head belief. Like I'd never, I didn't surrender. I didn't give my life to Jesus, but it was like this head belief. I remember saying to Mikey, like, I believe, like it it must be real. Um, Just because standing in here and seeing like, just seeing how joyful everyone was um, during worship too. And I remember I'd stand in worship, and every time I stood there, like something, I never cried growing up, it was just something, no way I expressed myself, but I remember standing there, um, I would just cry, and just bore my eyes out. And and it was just because it was just this overwhelming sense of warmth and love, and like it was just, now what I know is God's presence. And it was just God's presence to the point that like, I tried not to cry, but I couldn't not. So I'd stand there and just cry, and be super (laughs) self-conscious. And, yeah, so, like, to me, that made no logical sense in a way other than, like, God must exist. Um, but then I stopped coming to church after those few times. Um, I guess just because I was afraid, in a way, because um, I saw that, like, I had this life over here, which was still parties. Um, had a girlfriend at the time. Like, just all these things that didn't match up with a Christian life. And um, and at that time, I thought I had to change all that to then come to Jesus and be accepted, um, which was which isn't right at all. Now I realise that, um, and that was fearful for me because I thought, like, I can't change all this. Like, I have to step away from that life and, like, that's just way too much. It was overwhelming. Um, So I stopped coming to church for, like, uh, seven months or so. Um, But, yeah, but it's not like that at all. It's not like an outward change that then Jesus accepts you. It's that you come to Jesus first, lay it all at his feet, and then everything just changes because he's touched it, I think, too. So, um So yeah, and then I came back here like 13, 14 months ago, I think, when I got saved. Um, And so there was a break between like two years ago when I came and then 14 months ago when I came again um, of I went overseas for a little while, just kind of like tried to push the whole God, Jesus thing away. Um, But there was just like, it was just like I felt like it was chasing me down in a way. Like there was just, I just couldn't get away. Like I'd just run into Christians or like, it, yeah, it was just surrounded by Christians and it was like, I just couldn't get away in a way. Not that Christians are bad. Not that I thought that they were bad back then, but like, I just didn't want Jesus and they had Jesus, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, then I came along here like 14 months ago now. Uh, remember, I'd asked Mikey again at work. was like, hey man, haven't seen you in a while, but can I come to church again? And of course, he was like, yeah, you can come. Um, and I remember for like a week before that, um, I just took time out to do what I thought was praying at the time, which was, but I never used to pray back then. But, um, and just pray and just say to God, like, if you're real, that like, you can show me that you're real. Like, if, if you're real, I don't. I remember praying that, like, I don't have to see or feel or hear anything, like, anything particular, but you know how to make me believe, so just make me believe if you are real. And, um, and would pray just saying that, like, I'll come to church this Sunday. And either I leave believing or I leave not believing. And if I leave not believing, like, I'm just pushing it all the way again. Um, and that was, like, a point where everything just felt so empty again. Like, nothing got, sa- nothing brought me satisfaction in a way. So, yeah, so then I came along again.
0: And when we caught up, too, I remember you reached out and you're like, dude, <laughs> got to catch up, Dan. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. Like, do you want to meet in the office or somewhere? And you're like, yeah, I'll come, come to your office. And you were just like bubbling with what God had just done at that time and we're talking about that, that night. Did you want to walk us through as well that, that night you encountered God at your house?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I think that was like, so it was a Sunday night that I came back along to church again and I remember I walked in, stood somewhere over there and worship started and it was just the same thing again, just like just felt this overwhelming sense of just warmth and love and just like just like a hug in a way. And, um, and it just brought me to tears again. And um, I remember I stood there and, like, was just bawling my eyes out. And it was just because I just felt so loved standing there. And, um, and I remember standing there and just thinking, like, it has to be real. Like, I can't deny this. Like, it it makes no logical sense um, what's happening. Um, and I remember then that night I, I surrendered, I guess you'd say. Like, I just said, God, like, Everything that I've got that I need to get rid of, like it's it's all yours. I put it all at your feet, and like I surrender, I give up. I can't keep running like I'm yours, and um and so that Sunday night I gave my life to Jesus. Um, Um, And then yeah, and then what followed after that was like a period of um just like. God answering that prayer that I prayed for the week before of like, if you can make me believe just do it, Like just make me believe and um, and I felt God really answer that, because um, he's like he's definitely a man that if you challenge, well not a man but like you challenge God, like he can answer a challenge, that's for sure um, and yeah, and I, so that week um, and still to today, like God doesn't stop, he doesn't become absent in your life, like he continues to blow me away um, which is awesome, and so I remember the next morning, which was a Monday morning, um, I went to my car in the morning, and it was just like my morning routine of I'd have a coffee and a cigarette. And um, and I'd been smoking cigarettes for like four years before that, um, and weed also pretty much every day. Um, so like I was I was addicted. Um, I tried to quit, and I couldn't. I'd get headaches or sweats, or like it just didn't work. And so I remember I went to the car that morning, and I sat there and started to roll a cigarette. I got like halfway through it, through rolling it, and, um, and I heard a voice, and it was like it came from everywhere at once, like as much outside as inside, like it just, it was, I guess, omnipresent is the word for it, yeah, um, and, and God, and God spoke and just said, drop it now, and um, I remember sitting there just like in confusion, just like staring at the ground for like 30 seconds, thinking, nah, surely not, like, that doesn't work, that's not how God works, like, not that you can say how God works, but, like, that, nah, and I remember I sat there, and I'd pretty much convinced myself that that couldn't happen, just thought, like, nah, like, that's crazy, I don't know what's going on, started to freak out a little bit, and continued to roll it, and I got to the end, and God spoke again, and just said, drop it now, and it was just, like, the only word I could put to, put to his words was just authority, just, like, sheer authority, that, like, you can't, Disobey when he speaks with that much authority. Like it's just. And so I remember I'd folded in half and went and put it in the bin. And that was 14 months ago. I never got a craving after, never had a headache or oh anything God. like that. Um, which, like, physically makes no sense whatsoever. It was like I forgot that I smoked after that. Um, so yeah, it was insane. Um, and I remember that day just like my mind was going a million miles an hour all day, just like, what's going on? What's happening? Um, and what followed was like a good few weeks of God just really, um, I think it was like a period where God really like solidified my faith really quickly, like gave me enough proof of himself, not that he had to, but out of his love and grace, gave me enough proof of himself that like it, I felt that really carried me through the period after when I did have to like walk away from partying and all those friends and that whole scene in a way because it was like a big transition in life. Um, and yeah, so um, I think it was like that, later that week that I came to you. Um, I remember just, because I talked to my parents throughout the whole thing, just like, because I didn't know what was going on. And I remember, like, I'll talk to Dan. Like, he, he'll tell me what's going on. And, like, I was under the impression then someone could just be like, oh, this is happening because of this, because of this, but like, no one knows it's God. Like, he just moves how he does. Um, and yeah, so that whole week, like, I remember there was just heaps of things that happened. So like, I'd be sitting at the dinner table, or the dining table like for breakfast or lunch or dinner and I'd be sitting there eating or on my laptop and it'd happen a few times a day and it'd just be like what I felt in worship just God's presence again and just be this warmth and just like tangible to like I get goosebumps and I'd just cry like in my own house and then the only thing I could do is just go to my room get on my knees and pray and so I'd do that and it got to the point where like I think it was like the Wednesday night I was sitting there and um And, like, my housemates were sitting at the table too. And it was just that feeling again of just God's presence. Um, And I just knew straight away, like, I'm going to cry. Like, that's what follows this. So I just got up and went to my room. Um, I don't know what they thought was going on in that period because, like, yeah, I didn't really, like, tell them about it right right away, in a way, because I didn't understand what was going on. But, um, But, yeah, there was heaps that happened during that period of God, just, like, just out of his love, I guess it was, just going the extra mile to just, just, like, I don't know show me how much of a father he was too that's what blew my mind that like it wasn't God who seeks a dictatorship but like a father who like wants a relationship with you um and like it's personal is the thing too like just like a dad on earth wants to spend time with you and talk to you and hear your voice and just like get to know you as the same with God like it's just this fatherly love and like a full personal relationship and like that still blows my mind I think also
0: epic and something i didn't text you about but i'd love to hear like you, you're saying you were living with your lifelong best mates kind of growing up in coughs you have a girlfriend and then all this happens you encounter god the temptations all those things are gone changed heart, changed motive like how difficult was that next season of like talking to them like hey guys i actually don't want to do this and i don't live that way anymore was that easy was that difficult was it quick was it long how, how did that look
1: um so, going back, like, um, so when I said I came to church first for the handful of times um, since I was a kid, and then I ended up walking away again. So, in that period of when I walked, I just said, no, I don't want any of this, because um, I was too fearful to change it all. Um, so, that was like a period of seven months or so. Um, so, in that period, I no longer had a girlfriend. Um, I, the house with the guys, the lease ran up, so I had to move out of there, too. So, I was living in another house with people um, who were two friends, but, like, it wasn't a party house or anything like that as much as the house before. It still kind of was. But um, so like during that period, like a lot of those things just fell away, um, which I think was like at the time I really didn't like because it felt like I was losing a bunch of things. But now I look back and I think it's just like God's mercy and God's grace that he put me in a position that I wasn't too afraid and that like I was in a position where I could just surrender and lay it in before him, I guess. Um, so then after I got saved, um, yeah, there was like a lot of transition still. Um, so like I was still living the life I was living before that. And then I got saved and um, and it was just like, it, it was like I no longer had the desire to do those things though. So it became a lot easier. Um, it wasn't on my own strength, I don't think at all. Um, and it was, I think at, during that like, period of a few months after I got saved like um like Christine Harrison in her message this morning said like when she got saved she walked outside and everything was brighter and it was like that like everything was brighter um I just had so much joy and like just hope and just happiness that like I didn't have to go back to all those things to seek it um and I felt like God was really firmly with me during that time especially to just like help me walk away from all those things, I guess.
0: Perfect, man. That is so cool. And so what about now? We're finishing up with life now with Jesus. And how, how's, what's he doing in your world now? What's changed for you? What does life look like? Um, life's changed heaps. Like, it's pretty much almost the opposite
1: of what it was before, um, which is cool. Um, still, like, it still confuses me when I look back because it's, it's kind of like a like those drawings that you have as a kid where there's all the dots and you try connect the dots and it, like, makes a drawing. Yeah and it's like I try to do that but there's so many dots missing because that's like where God's hands just done things that I can't understand to get me to here um and so like life now um like life's still life I think um so it still has like the ups and downs like you still go through things um but the difference is that you have God with you and you have Jesus with you which like to have the creator of the universe walk with you through the life that he's created is like it's it's the master card like it's awesome um And so where I used to get all my joy and satisfaction and hope, being all these things of the world, like I now get in Jesus. And and the world changes constantly. So when you put your hope and your happiness and joy in that, like it constantly changes. But now I have it in Jesus, it doesn't change. So it's just like this constant joy and this constant hope that when things in the world don't go right, I can go back to Jesus. Well, not back to Jesus, but like I can lean further into Him and have the joy that He provides and the hope that He provides. And, um, And yeah, life's just been like very rich and very full since becoming a Christian because like that is who God is he is rich and full that's, that's where I got it from
0: And <laughs> bro before we uh, thank you and get in grab a seat can you pray for us just a quick just pray that God would do that work in our heart and continue to reveal his love to us as well that'd be awesome. Dear Lord
1: dear Father God I thank you for all that you give us Lord. Thank you that you don't owe us anything, but that you give us everything that we have, God, from the clothes on our back to the family and friends that we have, Lord, and that you give it in abundance because you're a providing God, and you're not just a God, but you're a Father, Lord. And God, I just pray for anyone in here that... um, that i pray for everyone in here, Lord God, including myself, that you just take us deeper into the revelation of how much of a father you are, God, and how our relationship with you is just built on love, Father, and it's built, it's built on the foundation of a relationship, God. I thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that you have a plan for us, God, and a purpose for our life, Father. And I thank you that, I just thank you for your love and how you so constantly lavish it upon us and even the smallest things like food on our plate, Father. I thank you for all this, God, in your name
0: man. Can we thank Jared for sharing his story tonight? <clears throat> Epic, bro. Right? How good's that? The reason I wanted Jared to share tonight is, in my honest opinion, uh, that story right there is is um, the one I'm needed so much right now in Australia. I I think we are going to see, the reason we're a post-Christian nation right now, uh, America is not, the reason Australia is, is I think there was generations where they experienced religion without experiencing Jesus. And what I want us to believe is that people who grow up in church, who do experience church, and and not that it's wrong, but they just experience church or Christians and things like that, but they never get to experience Jesus. I genuinely believe we're going to see a revival in that type of person i think there's going to be a, a wave of salvation across australia in the next decade of people who have tasted religion yet never jesus and i want us to believe guys like Corinne, I used to always talk about this uh, to believe for salvation someone doesn't have to hit rock bottom you don't have to wait until they're at the worst part ever and then like oh god's about to save them what if life's actually looks good on the outside like uh, they're they're having fun at parties and they're at uni and life looks awesome and we're like oh I don't think they'll want to come to church that just like Jared was saying there might be an emptiness in there life might look pretty on the outside oh they won't come to church if I invite them there's there's an emptiness when someone hasn't experienced Jesus and what I want us to believe for is that is I want us to believe Jesus wants to save them I want us to believe Jesus wants to save them, and the, the story that always gets me is with the prodigal son. And you guys will know it. It's about the prodigal son. The guy had two sons. One, the youngest one, goes away and lives a crazy life. And everything when he's broke, he comes back, and the father pours grace on him. And the story, the bit in that bit that always resonated more with me was the older brother who stayed at the house. When well, there's this party on because the younger brothers come home and. Da- the dad's like let's throw a party and there's this massive thing the older brother comes out and he's like what's going on and like oh y- your brother's come home and he they're like oh come inside come and party and he refuses to the dad comes out and begs him he's like please come inside y- y- your brother her son was dead and now he's alive and he still refuses he's like i've worked for you all my life you've never given me a fatter calf you've never given me anything to have a party with my friends and the dad's like all i've ever had is yours like, what do you mean and the reason that gets me so much is i feel like that's so many australian christians who go to church who do the work of christians and they don't know that their father in heaven loves them and everything he has is theirs and he wants to party with them too they've never experienced that relationship with god they're like if i do this you you have to give me this you owe me this and that's not the relationship that we just heard about through jared that's not the relationship that salvation brings when someone is saved it's like heaven erupts in a party when someone experiences religion it's like if I work for you God you better give me this that's religion and I want us to keep that story that testimony at the center of our heart that it's not about religion we're not offering our community Karama doesn't need religion Palm Beach Tweed Elmore, it doesn't need religion needs Jesus. Amen. And it needs his love and it needs his grace and it needs his power. And I want us to recenter. I, I we caught up with the core team recently just recenter to all we have to offer people, all we can offer people is Jesus. And nothing else we can offer them is good enough to save them. But he is. And when we keep him at center, he's faithful. He will save people. And uh, I, I want us to be reminded that this Christmas season there's some people in our world that we're like, I don't know if I don't know if they're ever going to believe. I don't know if they're ever going to you know, experience Jesus and give their life to Him. Let's not stop believing, amen? Let's not stop praying. Let's not stop inviting. Let's keep believing God is good and He wants to save them, amen? Can I close in prayer? Can we close our eyes just before we finish? God, we love you. We love you, we love you we thank you that you love us. Lord, we thank you so much for what you have done in Jared's heart and in his life. And we pray, Jesus, do it again. Do it again. our friends and our family and our loved ones that have experienced church and they've experienced Christianity and they've experienced some kind of gospel message, but right now they have not experienced you and they're feeling empty and they're feeling thirsty. Do it again. Save them, God, our loved ones. God, save them. Please. We know you want to save them more than we want to see them saved. You want to save them. Let's make them alive, Lord. We pray this Christmas season you would bless us, Lord, with with salvations, true salvations where people are blown away as they experience you and your love. Thank you, Jesus.